0: Really quick, this video contains stories that contains sensitive content. As such, viewer discretion is advised. And if you have a story you want to send my way, go to astheravendreams.com slash submit or check the links down below to my email or subreddit. And thank you. Back when I was a kid in high school, I loved it. I always excelled in my classes, I was respectful to the teachers and staff, and I had plenty of friends. During my senior year, I became a teacher's assistant, which basically helps with cleaning the room, organizing stuff, and, since I was trusted enough, I helped with simple grading, for like the math classes. This led me into tutoring other students, which made me realize I wanted to be a teacher too. After high school, I went to school for secondary education with a focus on English and math. I loved it. College was great, and starting as a teacher's aide, I knew I wanted my own classroom. My dream came true when a local high school in the state that I went to school in was hiring. Overall... My first year wasn't too bad. Being a new teacher, and first time at a high school, I think the kids tried to pick on me more, but I tried my best to show them that I wasn't the type to be taken advantage of. I must have done an okay job because they asked me if I planned on teaching next year. I didn't have anything bad happen, or bad enough to make me change my mind, so I agreed to it. The second year... However, it wasn't as good as the first. I saw some of my previous students moving up, and seeing some of them excited to see me again was a good feeling, too. This year, however, I was going to be teaching sophomores. From what I remembered in school, and what I've witnessed there, you start to feel a bit more confident that you made it past your freshman year. So, the kids become a bit more arrogant which means that I had to be a little more strict with them. For the most part, it worked, but there was one kid I always seemed to have problems with, no matter which way I approached him. I'll call him Kyle. Kyle was your typical loner. I noticed he didn't really hang out with many people. I'd heard him in the halls in passing, talking to two other boys about pot, but acting like they were talking in code. They were horrible at it. Those two were the only ones that I ever saw him interact with. Thankfully, I didn't have them in any of my classes, though. Uh, Just Kyle. I learned the reason for that was because Kyle was held back a year because of how much he missed the year prior, while his friends were then juniors. So while in my class, Kyle would come in late, and being the person I was... I allowed it the first few times that it happened. When he started coming in and being disruptive, I started sending him back out to get a tardy slip. If you get too many of those, you're sent to a mandatory study hall, and if you skip that, you could face suspension. He started coming in on time, but instead of coming in quietly, or just talking like the other kids do before class, he would drag his chair across the ground to be as loud as possible, He would slam his backpack down, and then unzip it to slam down his math book on the table. Again, I would ignore it until, as I would expect from young children, he would progressively get louder until he would get a reaction out of me. So, I sent him back to the principal's office, but he made sure that everyone could hear it too. He was smacking lockers, kicking his backpack down the hall, just making as much noise as he possibly could. Little things like this, they continued to happen for a few months, but he was called enough to the office that I had to have a meeting with the principal. Thankfully, the principal said they've had issues with him before, and knew he was a problem student, but... they said if he ever became too much to handle, to let him know and they would make arrangements. It was only my second year, but... I didn't want to make it seem like I couldn't handle some teenagers, so I said it wasn't a problem, and we moved on. Kyle seemed to be testing me, though, to see how far he could take it, or maybe to see if he could break me, and I suppose I took this as a challenge. I started doing quick tests, like writing a problem on the board and having two kids work it out, and the first one to finish would get a prize. After all the other students trying and earning snacks and various items, it seemed to get to Kyle, and he finally wanted to try. I was surprised, but I thought maybe it was a good way to level with him. Maybe he needed some sort of positive reinforcement. So, he went against another guy, and he just sat and stared at the problem for a while, writing something small to the side and trying to look over at the other kids. Of course, the other kid would end up finishing first. In case it was wrong, I always make sure both sides finish before we moved on. So, I had the kid cover up his answer by taping up a piece of paper, and that's when Kyle got mad the first time. He slammed the marker down, and I tried to reason with him. I tried to walk through the problem with him, and someone snickered in the room. This set him off. He punched the whiteboard, and he turned around and yelled at the room asking who laughed, and then started making threats. I tried to get him to calm down, and he wouldn't. I told him to go out to the hall. I tried to make it clear that I wasn't sending him to the office, but just the hall to calm down, but instead of taking this as a second chance, he decided to start punching and kicking a locker. That's when I had to call the principal but he got there before I could call, and had him escorted out. From there, he was out for a few weeks. I had to make packets for him. Surprisingly, I was actually getting work back. There were a lot of wrong answers, but there was also a lot of scribbling on the side like he was actually trying. Being that I was the only teacher that taught this specific course, I was the only one that could actually help. So, trying to do the teacherly thing, I had a meeting with the principal, Kyle, and his mother. I went to bat for him, explaining that I knew he was better than this, and that maybe he needed tutoring. That way there was less pressure. Kyle seemed indifferent at first, but his mom and the principal seemed really happy that I was willing to do so. So, every Tuesday and Thursday... I would stay after school to specifically help him with tutoring. He tried to keep up the cocky appearance at first, but he started to ease up once he noticed that he wasn't getting a reaction out of me, and there was no one else there to impress. The first few weeks were... great. He really started coming around and was actually showing real improvement in his work. He actually was waiting outside my room when the day was over a few times, ready to do work. I was ecstatic, and the principal saw it too. One week, at the end of the tutoring session, he gave me a gift. He said it was to thank me for taking the time with him as no one else had before. It was a mug, in the shape of an apple. I thanked him, and I told him that's what I was there for, to help all of my students. As he started leaving my room, he reached his hand out to shake mine. Not thinking anything of it... I reached out to do the same that was a mistake he had pulled me closer and he groped me he was a large kid as in he was super tall for his age and far from small and at the time I had a small frame and was barely 5 foot tall I was able to push him away though and I told him that he had crossed the line he said he thought that was what I was going for wanting to help him so much to be alone with him I went off, and I know I shouldn't have. I told him that I was his teacher and that was it. I was there to help my students pass and that was it, and I told him to leave. He walked out of the room backwards, staring at me the whole time. Once he was out of view, I went over and locked the door and called the principal to tell him what had happened. He then called the cops, and we had to file a report, but... Then, I had to choose to press charges, and I chose not to. I know it may have been stupid, but I didn't want to add to Kyle and his mom's problems. So, again, he was out of class. This time, it seemed for good. I ended up getting a teacher's aide, principal's choice, and he helped me make the packets for Kyle. The rest of the school year was pretty uneventful. The kids seemed to have figured out something happened, and they were direct and to the point in my class. This definitely wasn't a bad thing, but I did miss some of the joking and fun that we had. However, towards the end of the school year, the finals had to be taken on site. We didn't have take-home computers at the time, so he had to come in person. It would be after school hours, and I would not be alone with him, I gave my aide all the information and the packet that he needed, and they took it to my classroom, while I waited in the teacher's lounge, grading, It seemed to go okay. My aide James told me that when he arrived, he seemed fine, but when he walked into the classroom, he seemed annoyed or angry. He just sat there for a while before he started, until James asked if he had a question. When he was done... He practically threw the papers at James, grabbed his backpack, and stormed out the door. He started looking over the final, and that's when he called me and the principal to the room. James was to grade it, to make sure there was no bias or anything, but because of the content, he felt it was important to show me and the principal. Kyle seemed to have skipped through and answered the ones that we worked on together, but the ones that he did outside of class had random things written on them. He had profanity written all over it, questions scribbled out or pictures, graphic pictures. He even made sure to label them as being me. Again, the principal took off to find him and instead found his backpack thrown in a trash bin by the door. The backpack was the worst part. Inside, it had a single five-subject notebook. A couple of pens and pencils that were broken and chewed on, as well as a huge kitchen knife and duct tape. We again had to call the police and his mother. The worst part? He hadn't come home yet. I had to have a cop walk me to my car and follow me home. That night, I cried. I was scared for myself because of this kid. He had intentions, and when it was just James in the room, his plans were ruined. I know that he ended up going to a juvenile school thing, but it just freaked me out and I didn't want any label put on me, so I decided to quit. The principal assured me that he had no suspicion that I did anything wrong and said that I was welcomed back, but I couldn't. I went to an elementary school instead. There's a lot less fighting, or at least less fighting that I can't control on my own. Back in high school, there was this guy that tended to keep to himself. I'll call him Jeff. Jeff was a loner type, and he talked to a few of the Goths, a few people from the football team, but it was typically in passing or during lunch. I never saw them around each other long term, so I'm not sure how close any of them were. I think it was mutual to a lot of us, though, and that there was something off about him. I went to elementary school with Jeff. He was alright then. He seemed like a pretty smart kid, though. He was an only child, so I think being around other young children and having to share and play fair wore on him. I remembered him getting upset when he was told that he had to share the swing or slide at recess, and when he would get in trouble or be asked to do something- He would occasionally throw a tantrum, throw things, and even break things. Kind of as in, if I can't play with it, then no one can. I just steered clear from him as much as I could from then on. I didn't see much of him in middle school, but he reappeared in high school. I know his parents had split up and he lived with his mom, but there were rumors that his dad had killed himself when they split up, so that's why he lived with just his mother. High school was weird. As mentioned, I didn't really interact with him, but I seemed to be one of the few people he recognized from elementary, so he would say hi or good morning to me in passing. We had biology and art class together. He still had his moments where he would be cool at first, and then something would set him off and he would get irrationally angry. I remember in biology class... We had to dissect a frog, and we were in groups of three. Of course, I would get paired with him and another girl. She was the quiet type, typically kept to herself, so she tended to be very to the point when it came to group assignments. We had to do some simple tagging for, like, hearts, lungs, etc. Jeff wrote out the tags, and then we all took turns placing them. However, Jeff seemed to really enjoy piercing the organs. He would make sound effects as he pushed them in, or would make gross jokes about it. Angel, our other partner, obviously was uncomfortable with it. Since I knew him some, I would always tell him things like, knock it off and grow up. Towards the end of class, when we had to turn around to listen to the teacher about cleaning up, we were facing away from Jeff. When we turned back around, we were disgusted to find out that Jeff had cut off the frog's legs and was playing with them. Who the hell in their right mind would do that? Angel had had enough. I could tell by the way that she screamed at Jeff and walked out of the room. This got the whole class's attention, and the teacher came over to see. Everyone had to clean up, and I was told to go check on Angel, while Jeff had to clean his crime scene alone. She was okay, but the bell was just about to ring when we walked back in. Jeff was still sitting at the tall table we were at, and was told to stay behind afterwards. By the look of Jeff's and the teacher's faces, they were both annoyed. Another occurrence was around April 1st. It was a standard day with normal pranks from students and teachers alike, all lighthearted and not damaging, but during that week there was this bad smell growing. At first, we thought it was possibly sewage. We saw some maintenance people in the restroom, so we thought something broke, but when they left and the smell didn't go away for another day or so, we had a feeling it wasn't that. The stench grew worse, and people started making rumors about it smelling like something had died. They had to check all the biology and anatomy classes to make sure that There wasn't something that was improperly stored. Class was actually called off one Friday so they could investigate it further. We found out, when we came back, because we were all basically told in each class, so we had to hear about it eight times. Somehow, there were several dead rabbits found in the intake vents throughout the school, so they had to remove them, use cameras to make sure they got everything clean and then air it out to finally get the smell out. So in each class, we were asked if we knew anything about it, and to tell any of the staff if we did. At first, we were all confused and disgusted. But of course, I had biology for my second hour, and Jeff thought it was hilarious. He made little smirks and comments about it. My guess, he had to have done it, or at least had a part in it. Not to mention, the events they were put in were in the boys' restrooms, not even the girls'. I'm pretty sure he ended up being punished for it, I don't know if he admitted it or if they had proof somehow, but he was out of school for a bit shortly after that. One of the last horrifying memories I have of him it was an art class. One thing that he had going for him was that he was a fantastic artist, with just about every medium he would nail it. He was good with acrylics, charcoal, and even things like papier-mâché. However, a lot of his work was dark, or displayed nudity. He was very detailed with it, though, like it was very artistic, not just lewd. Which is why I think he got away with it. He was told to not make it so obvious, but otherwise, unless there was a specific topic or theme... The teacher let him make whatever he wanted. There was one project where we had to take an old book and do whatever we wanted to make it our own art. Some people glued or bound the pages together and carved it into something else. Many made their own art book, almost like a personal portfolio. Jeff? He made his into a very graphic flipbook, in a way. I remember looking at it when they were on display in the classroom... Some of them were displayed in the art window, but the ones that aren't as good, or in Jeff's case, a bit inappropriate, they were displayed in the room. At least the teacher was respectful to others' work, and I could appreciate that. Anyways, doing this from memory here, his book started with painted black pages, and it seemed to zoom out of a child's eye to the front profile of the child holding a gun and crying. It then showed the gun firing, but it wasn't a bullet. It exploded into a bunch of psychedelic-looking stuff. The next pages were filled with a lot of colorful optical illusions. Little cartoon characters and a smiling naked woman surrounded by flowers. That then somehow changed over to a man with his stomach bloodied, and then zoomed into the man's eye and was blank for the rest of the book. It was crazy detailed, but also quite disturbing. I always wondered if it had something to do with his mom and dad, but I would never know. That was the horrifying part. I just wanted to share the book because it was crazy. One of the other projects that we would have was for a final. We had to create something that combined at least four mediums or styles that we had learned. We had about two to three weeks to do it. The first few days while everyone worked... Jeff just sat there with a blank paper and pencils. Usually he was quick to work in art, so... To see him sitting there empty with nothing, even scribbled, was odd. On the last week that we had left, he was still sitting there. But this time he had glue, scissors, and a canvas. The teacher had asked him if he needed any help or inspiration, and he didn't take his eyes off the table and just said no. I sat across from him, so... I looked over occasionally and saw that he had grabbed the scissors. I started getting a bad feeling about this. I got up to pretend to go get paint, since it was close enough to the door, and I stopped to talk to someone else that was standing nearby. That is when someone screamed, and we all looked over. Jeff had the scissors up to his head, and was cutting his own ear off. There was blood everywhere, and he just kept going. Several people left the classroom. I just stood there in fear, not knowing what to do. The teacher started shouting at him to stop and drop the scissors, but he kept going. We had a security guard at the school that rushed in and basically had to fight to get the scissors away from him. Once it was all said and done, they had an ambulance come to get him, and the janitors had to go in and clean the room. However, as he was escorted out, He kept laughing and shouting that he was Van Gogh, that that was going to be his whole art project, his ear. He was obviously gone for the remainder of the year, and I haven't seen him since. I don't know what happened to him, but I really do hope that he got help. He seemed smart and very artistic, but he definitely needed help. Hello to everyone that listens to my content on things like Spotify, Apple uh, Podcast, and Google Play Podcasts, or whatever. I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, and to all of you who don't watch on YouTube, I just wanted to remind you that all of my content is available on YouTube, and all of it is uh, available with early access through YouTube channel memberships or through patreon.com slash astheravendreams. Both of those help support the channel and the podcast as well, and it's as cheap as a dollar a month. It's never expected, I just wanted to let you guys know that is a thing, and if you're interested, please check it out. Now on to the rest of the stories. When my parents were still together, my younger brother and I went to public school for elementary and middle school until they split up. My mom got custody of us and remarried. However, because of my stepdad's job, we had to move. My stepdad, Charles, was a bit too uppity in my opinion, which then began to warp my mother into the same type of person. Because of this, they felt our family was too good for public schools, so we had to go to private schools when we moved. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure there were plenty of kids there that enjoyed it. My brother was still in elementary school, and he seemed to like it, but I hated it. Most of the teachers were really strict. If you were late at all, even if it was because you just had locker troubles, you were sent away and your parents knew about it that night. Thankfully, there were some kids that were like me, forced into private school thinking it was a better education and that it would save the troubled kids. We would grin and bear it, and then have our fun outside of school. Thankfully, most of our parents felt that we had to be good kids too, and didn't question us hanging out with each other. That was our chance to ride our bikes and skateboards around, take turns playing on our handhelds as long as we wanted, and just explore places that we shouldn't have. Some of my friends were a little more intense than others, like bringing alcohol to school. I'd be lying if I said I didn't partake in any. I suppose it was my way of acting out. I only got to see my dad on weekends and some holidays, and I didn't want to move, go to a new school, and meet new friends. I had to leave that all behind, and like it was no big deal. I was never happy about it. So, after school games, we would hang out and enjoy some party time, free of adults. Just to explain a little bit as to where we would hang out, our school was pretty secluded. It had a long entrance and a pretty big parking lot in the front that wrapped around the side and into the back, which is where the buses parked to drop us off and pick us up. Behind the school and parking lot was our track field, and behind that, and on the one side, it was still fenced off by trees, and a lot of them. I knew the woods went back pretty far, because during one of the track meets, one of the girls on the team, Dana, had gone back there with me and we made out. It was an awesome place to just go hide from others and chill. They just had a small gate that went over the entrance, so it was easy for us to sneak over to come and go. At this time, Dana and I had started seeing each other quite regularly. Her parents seemed nice enough, but of course, being kids still, neither of our parents wanted us to be alone. So, the closest alone time we got was at these parties and track meets. It was a Friday night, and we were going to meet our friends at the school to hang out for a while. The five of us got there, set up our little crappy radio and Dylan shared the refreshments. We were all just talking, complaining about school, and laughing at things that happened and enjoying our time. I think it was about an hour in or so, when Dana said she had to use the restroom, so she was going to go into the trees, and told us to not go in there. I waved her on, and we kept talking. I was a bit buzzed at this point, and I didn't realize that Dana hadn't come back yet until one of the other girls mentioned it. We agreed to have one of them go look for her in case there was something wrong. After a few more minutes, she came back saying that she still couldn't find her. I was just thinking that she didn't look hard enough, or maybe Dana was either hiding or passed out. So, I pulled out my little flashlight and started looking for her. After several minutes and calling out for her to no avail, I went back to see if maybe she made her way back in the process. She had not come back. At this point, I was starting to get a bit flustered. First, I was getting mad at them saying the prank wasn't funny, but when their face was just as concerned, that was when I started to really get scared. We gathered our stuff and started looking around for her. One of the girls, Tammy... Tried to call and text her, but Dana just had a little prepaid phone, so we didn't know how much time she had on it, but both went unanswered. We called out for her, we paired up, and still nothing. We ended up making our way to the other side of the trees, which seemed to just be a gravel road, but there was no trace of her. At this point, with all of us out of ideas and terrified, we had to call an adult. Tammy called her sister, since she was the one who dropped her and her friend off here. We explained to her what had happened, and she also suggested that we call our parents. None of that was pleasant. We had to explain what we were doing out there. We had to explain every detail as to where we stayed, where she went, full statements. Which also meant that our parents now knew. So yeah, I got grounded, but I didn't even care about that. The police were out looking for Dana that night, and they never found her. I know there were rumors floating around about her running away or being kidnapped, but I just knew that she wouldn't have run away. She wasn't really troubled. She seemed just like us, but never hinted that she wanted to leave. It was about two or three weeks later when they finally found her. She ended up stumbling into a gas station wearing like a nightgown, and they called the cops. Unfortunately, the rest of this is just what I've heard from the news and rumors. I heard at school that the person working at the gas station that night saw her come in, and she looked disheveled and malnourished, but she didn't say much to the guy other than wanting to go home. She never returned to school, and I never saw her after that, I asked my parents if they would take me to see her, and they were hesitant at first, but surprisingly, my mom said she would ask if she could have company. Unfortunately, as I was told when I got older, her parents wanted nothing to do with us, thinking that I may have had something to do with it. I guess the cops didn't, because I was never brought back for another statement or anything, or maybe that was Dana reaffirming our innocence. Apparently, she didn't talk about it for a while, though. I wouldn't learn what had really happened until I saw it on the news. That's and I started putting the pieces together based on the questioning some of us students were getting by the police and other teachers at school. It was them basically looking for a person in the questioning of her abduction. The person in question was one of our substitute teachers. School definitely felt different, and even among the teachers, but I didn't realize that may have had something to do with it. He did end up getting caught, sickeningly, him and his wife both. It was stated that Dana was pretty close to them as she had started dog-sitting for them, and she had gotten to know the couple. That night, he was driving by and apparently Dana had made her way through the trees, and he stopped her, and he put her in the car. He then took her home and kept her there that whole time. She somehow managed to sneak out at some point and just took off to find help. I felt awful, and at times, I still do, thinking that I could have prevented all this, but I've gone through counseling since to try and help. I've also since graduated from a different school, of course, but still have not had any contact with her. I just hope that she's been able to move on and live a happy life since. So, my high school career was not as creepy as any of these. I think our creep teacher was in middle school. I've mentioned this before. That dude was... Dude was a weirdo. Uh, I won't name names. I just remember that he was an absolute weirdo. Patience would know what I'm talking about. She knows exactly what I'm talking about in middle school. The smile she gave me just tells me she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Anyways, this was a collection of creepy high school stories, scary high school stories, however you want to call it. It doesn't really matter. High school stories that were meant to make you go, huh, well, that was terrifying. Um, hopefully they hit their mark. I think they were pretty damn good, so hopefully you enjoyed them. If you did, please hit that thumbity-up button. That's right, it's thumb a D up button. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to the channel, and then scroll on down past the video, go to the comments section, and leave me a comment with a limerick. I challenge you to leave me a comment with a limerick today. You won't. Nobody will. But, I challenge you to do so. Limerick or haiku? Haikus are good too. Either one. If you also want to support the channel further, you can go to patreon.com slash as the raven dreams or down below. There's a join button, either one of those for one dollar a month. You can support the channel, which supports me and tells me you want me to keep doing this. And you get early access to my content up to 24 hours early at this point. So, I mean, for a dollar a month, it's worth it. That's all. I mean, it's not required uh, at all ever, but it's greatly appreciated. So all that said, friends, I hope you have a great day. And I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Tomorrow we have a great story that I know you guys are going to love if you like Ray Beeman's stuff. So that's coming very soon. But anyways, uh, yeah, y'all have a great day. I'll see you in the next one. But until then, sleep well.